Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 595 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcast. I'm Todd, along with Joe and his raspy voice. How are we doing today, Joe? Well, uh, it's less raspy, uh, kind of raspy, uh, more weak than anything else. Right, right. Weak sauce voice, Sposto, we call it around here. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, dope who didn't realize that you could still get uh, uh, laryngitis, you right. know? Right. Um, and it's weird because I, you know, it's an, it's an odd number show and Todd's starting it. So it's odd Todd today, which completely throws me off. But hey, I'm willing to throw, like I always do, this show on my shoulders. They don't call me Atlas for nothing, Joe. <laughs> right. Exactly. If it wasn't for <laughs> you, what would this show be? Right. Short is what it would be, Joe. Uh, would you like to know what's on the show today? Yes, please. In in news, a rare story goes back to print for charity. Um, also, uh, a TV show that's near and dear to our heart gets uh, renewed for a second season. Um, convention news, a change to digital sales. What we read last week, which was Nightwing 89, only one book this week. Um, what we're looking forward to this week. Um, Todd and Joe have issues, which is the battle for second place. Uh, the silver standard of rogues galleries. Um, also, Todd's art attack. And at the end of the show, spoiler-filled talk of uh, the season finale of Peacemaker. Did I miss anything, Joe? Because I'm off No, that's game. it. It's gonna, it is legitimately going to be a short show this week. Yay! Uh, again, we're going to hopefully put as little strain on my voice as we possibly can and make our way through this, huh? Yep. Uh, so, I think this had come out right after we had recorded last week. That through Heroes Initiative, the decision was made uh, to reprint the Kurt Busiek, George Perez, uh, JLA Avengers crossover. Uh, that was supposed to come out like in the 80s and then maybe like the 90s. And then it finally came out in the mid to early 2000s. Yep. Which was the thing that George always put in his exclusive clause that I'll work for you unless uh, JLA Avengers gets greenlit. Right. So it's going through um, Heroes Initiative. It's long out of print. Um, and they're only doing 7,000 copies. Now, you have to order them directly through your local retailer who is going through here previews, who is going through Heroes Initiative to get this. And this is just a standard trade paperback. It's not like a fancy whatever hardcover thing I'm a bob. No, but it does have uh, a new Ford and afterward, I believe. And I'm not sure on this cause there's been no thing, but it says it has like 30 pages, which there was the, what I call the fake absolute slipcase edition, which I own had a companion that came with it. That was like 20 some pages. So I'm wondering if they're re which was only in that it wasn't in the original trade or the original issues, which was like, uh, uh, a companion would be like, oh, well, on this page, like this league was this era, like from this run of comics or whatever. So I think they're sliding that into the new print run, which may be kind of cool, but I'm not 100% sure. sure on that. Now, again, it's, you know, reasonably priced at 30 bucks. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I say if you got a local store in your area, it's worth a shot to say, hey, if you get one, put me down for one because these are going to go first come, first serve. Yep. Um, don't be that person who's going to be like, well, I want seven of them to flip them. You know, it's not going to happen. Don't get your hopes up. Don't be that person, right? Yep. Now, being that it's only 7,000, do you think this is the test to see how this does before they go and do like, Nope. A big hardcovery reprinty version? Nope. I think they had to pull nails, pull teeth to get this done. Okay. Heaven and Earth. DC and Marvel want nothing to do with each other. We were, I was actually this was actually being discussed. Our retailer, me, and the definitive uh, uh, Colonel Sanders artist were at the shop talking, and um, years ago. Um, it was said that Quesada said some nasty stuff about editorial at DC, a la like Paul Levitz and other people. And there was a mandate at DC that as long as Quesada is working for Marvel, that they would never go in on any project or do anything with them again. And also I think Marvel's of the mind, like, Hey, look at us. We're Disney owned. Um, there's just all this kind of money to be made uh, uh, without you guys. Why would we help you sell your characters when we're trying to get over on your characters? I think the rift has opened up wide and it literally took George Perez, you know, getting uh, sick and he's going to be passing away for them to like come somewhat together. And they're, they're saying like, Oh, 7,000 copies. Well, with the paper shortage and this and that, this is only what we can get. Cause they want to get it up and going before George, you know, passes away. Like, you're not saying that that's anytime soon, but they want it out there. I think this was like, what's the least amount that we can do for the PR? Because why should we give this away? Because I guess the proceeds go to Hero Initiative, which George Perez helped create for, you know, sick comic creators. It's just like, if we don't do this, we look terrible. If we do too big of a run, we, we're giving money away that should be in our pockets. But we don't even want to work. I think this is so behind the scenes messed up. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to see this worked out. I still am holding out some hope that they might, you know, have some heartstrings pulled and maybe do another printing or something right. uh, on this. But that being said, uh, I'm just kind of happy that they're doing it in the first place. Uh, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. This is something that I, you know, never thought we'd see for the me- the various reasons that you mentioned, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know our retailer asked us um if I wanted a copy and I said no, because I already have the single issues, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd like to help out. But I'm sure um, somebody else would like this more than I would, you know. Yep. yep. Did you? I'm, s- I'm going to get it and I'm going to put it on my shelf and I'm yep. not going to read it because I already read it. Yeah, because he was even talking. He's like he 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 was he's not taking orders for it. Um, anymore. I don't know if you saw that, the Facebook post, he basically came out and said, all right, cause he got, he got inundated. He's like, this was like the gist of the post. I don't have it in front of me. He's like, I am no longer, we're we're not taking orders for the JLA uh, Avengers hardcover. And this is the reason why. And he put it in, he put it pretty succinctly, succinctly. He said, there are 7,000 copies being printed. 
2,000. There are there are somewhat over like maybe 2,000, 2,500 comic shops in the country. He's like, how many? And I, who knows if that counts what's overseas? I don't know what Diamond's doing with that. He's like, so now what does that say? Even if people order one. You know what I mean? Come on. Like, yeah. it's like, you're not going to get seven. He goes, and with the thing with George passing away and, and, or, or being sick and is going to pass away. It's, it's like the, this, the, the, the eyes on this is, is heated and, and it's, everybody wants one. Um, he's like the most any shop's going to get is three. And then who do you pick to get these? And we ran up, it's nice to reprint, but this came up. He said, if they're going to be that rare and that many people want them, anybody who gets them is they're going to be $300 on eBay. And he's like, the, the four issue run goes for 150 right now on eBay. Just buy the, the four issues, go online and get them. Yeah, I know this is this is very weird. So I don't think I'll be getting a copy either. Um, but like we didn't talk. I just saw when he was uh, saying that he wasn't doing pre-orders. I was like, if if mine goes by the wayside, whatever, I get it. Like you know what I mean. I'm not expecting one. Um, but you know, at the time I was like, let me put my hat in the ring if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. But now it's like, yeah, like I'm not. I. I, I I'm not saying I want one. I might even pass it up if I was offered, but I'm like, I, I'm not going to cry. Cause I don't got one. Like you said, I have the, the mini series and I also have the hardcover with the extra material. So, but you know, I can see how people pe- like this, this may leave a bad taste in people's mouths towards Marvel and DC. Like, you know, like I- I'm with you just reprint it already. Right. Well, I don't think that, yeah, you know, at least I think we're just lucky to be getting this, you know? Right. So, yep. yeah, that's all. Uh, so, hey, something that uh, we are going to be definitely getting more of just because of how successful it was. Uh, it was officially announced that we are going to be getting season two of Peacemaker. Uh, the season finale did huge, great numbers for HBO and HBO Max. I think it was like the most watched like show and, you know, and like it it had like the highest social media engagement um, of anything over like a 24 hour period so far in 2022. And again, it's 2022, but you get me, right? Oh, I get you. Um, So it was successful. It did great. Uh, James Gunn is signed on to write and direct. Uh, whatever season two is going to be. And I guess like he wrote all of season one, but only directed like six of the episodes. There was two that he didn't get a chance to due to Guardians of the Galaxy commitments or what have you. Um, And, you know, just how much of a success the show is. um, I think Tuesday, um, he had to, uh, James Gunn had tweeted out, that the the opening theme song that do you want to taste it from that wigwam band yeah uh was the number one song on itunes this weekend right uh which is a song that came out in 2009 oh really i didn't know i thought i thought it was actually older than that but okay right well james gunn's into a lot of the hair metal and obviously we talk all the time of like how spread out pop culture is just in general Mm-hmm. And you and I really aren't big music guys, as it were. Like you like you like you like your ACDCs and your White Stripes and your Alice Coopers. 
mm-hmm. and I like my Foo Fighters, and there's all sorts of other worlds of music <laughs> out there that we don't get into, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've been dipping my t- I've been dipping my toe over the last couple of years, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. So again, you you can't argue with the fact that it was a successful show, a fun show, and we're gonna get into the spoiler filled talk of it at the end of the show here today. Yep. Um, and one uh, last bit, and I guess we could say sad news, and it's something that we've been talking about here on the show for weeks. Uh, hopefully giving you the listeners uh if you are digital type folks time to get up to date with that sort of thing right mm-hmm. and that is the change over uh with comicsology over to essentially being a glorified kindle reader mm-hmm. now there's a lot of other places that covered this much better than we have uh, most notably this past weekend, House to Astonish, um, Al and Paul did a great job. Uh, they are both in the UK, so they did a much – and they are both digital readers, so they did a much more in-depth um, iteration of like here's what's working, here's what's not working, here's what they said is going to be fixed hopefully soon. But the short answer is it's a mess, right? Yeah. Um, this is them – Amazon pushing you to do it through the Comixology slash Amazon slash Kindle app that they have set up. And I'll say this, I don't read, must, I don't have a tablet, I got a phone, I'm not reading comics on my phone, um, I only use reading stuff through the desktop as a crutch when I need to quick reference something in a Marvel book or otherwise that I do have digitally. Um... But I downloaded the app, I logged in, and all my stuff is kind of sort of there, right? Right. But if you are a web browser, non-app user, the whole thing's a disaster. Hmm. You can't search anything out, period. Um, you can't find your own library. Um, you can't organize your library. The far and few between things that I was able to find that I quote-unquote own – they're no longer that I own them. I've acquired these books, mm-hmm. even though they're books that I acquired, whether it be purchased in sales previously um, or did the digital redeem codes through Marvel books or whatever. When I pull them up on the browser, it says that I've acquired this book on X date. But then if I want to actually read it, it attempts to charge me full price for the book. Yeah. Oh. Right. So. Um, hopefully you as a digital reader, um, could help and find and do yourself a workaround. You know, DC has their own separate thing. Marvel has their own separate thing on a several month delay. Um, you know, I think, um, you could get a lot of stuff, uh, DRM free, you know, that you're not tied to an app for some of the smaller publishers and stuff, if that's a way to do it. Um, but because of that, because the site is such a mess, um, at least for the time being, we are going to be suspending kind of directing you, the listeners, to the digital sales mm-hmm. only because why would we push you to a site and an interface that doesn't work? Yep. Here, um, let's just push you into a dumpster fire. Yeah. You know, it's 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 already a frustrating process um, to begin with. And the links, if you could find them, don't work for the most part Mm -hmm. or direct you. And we'll kind of get into that here with the plugs as well. 
um, you know, soon to be named network.com. I'm not going to give you the full push for that. Um, you know, but all the shows in the soon to be named network, anytime they go live, you could find them there at soon to be named network.com or anytime anyone from those shows appear on other shows and they let me know, uh, you could find them there as well. Uh, go check out our friend Kevin's website, Mast Library. Go check out uh, Rick Williams, The Chop Shop, for all the cool uh, resin and glow-in-the-dark sci-fi fantasy wrestling figures that he does. Um, go check out our local comic book store, Comics on the Green. If you do not have a comic book store in your area or a good comic book store in your area, let our store be your store. They do a fantastic mail-order subscription service, uh, mailing your stuff once a you know weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, and there's a chance that if you do get something mailed to you, you're going to get a sketch from our good friend Becky. You can go check out her social medias, um, which are linked up in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. Now, I, I mentioned here last week, uh, friends of the shows that have their own digital stuff, um, Jason Sandberg's Jupiter, Chris Runt's Battle Monsters. Now, I will say... Um, I put Jason Sandberg Jupiter um, into Amazon, and that was the first thing that came up. Mm -hmm. So I do have the link for that. I was able to find that. Try as I might, I could not find Battle Monsters anywhere on the new interface. Okay. However, Chris over on his website, FortressOfComicsNews.com, uh, he has that you could purchase the PDF of the digital comic directly through there. Okay. Uh, so if you haven't already done that, I think that's a great way to support Chris. He's been a longtime supporter of us. Uh, he does a great comics podcast in and of his own right. Um, if things get better, we'll kind of fix those things up, you know? Yep, we'll bring it back. Exactly. Um, so conventions this weekend, there's a couple. Uh, in San Francisco, less a convention, more an art show where you could buy original art of folks, uh, most notably Art Adams and Mike Magnolia. Oh, yeah, I've heard about, like, the ones that they go to. If you, uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. I've never met either of them, so. Right. You could borrow the helicopter and head over to uh, San Francisco this weekend. If uh, our good buddy DJ didn't already have a Hellboy by Magnolia, I'd go get him one. Right. Uh, this weekend, though, in uh, Orlando at Collecticon, hmm. uh, they are doing a live performance <laughs> with uh, noted handyman, Juggalo, and a missed notable ice from this week's Wings on Wings, Vanilla Ice. <laughs> and apparently he's going to be doing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2-themed concert with a bunch of people in Ninja Turtle costumes. He's finally made it. <laughs> so if that's uh, if you're in the Orlando area and that's uh, the sort of nostalgia that you're looking for in the world, it, it it's happening, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. How could you not like Vanilla Ice? He's a juggalo. Come on. Oh, I mean, hey, when he does that song, that doesn't sound anything like that other song. Right. See, Queen's version goes doon 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 do doon doon. Mine goes doon 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 do doon doon. There's a distinct difference. Exactly. Two completely different songs. All right. <laughs> Let's get into what we read from this past week. Uh, like I said, keeping things short. 
Uh, I don't know how much longer my voice is going to go, but uh, Nightwing, number 89, uh, written by Tom Taylor, art by Bruno Redondo, and it's a crossover with the uh, Superman Son of Kal-El stuff. Yep. Um, Basically, the book starts out with uh, Batman and Nightwing tracking someone or something down, and we end up finding out that it is... um, a young Connor Kent. This is a flashback, you know, to his younger days. And we get to see uh, Batman and Superman talk as parents, which is really cool because we get to see Batman and Superman in probably the most human, you know, uh, like iteration that we've, that we've really ever seen them. And it's, and it's kind of cool. We get to see how Nightwing is completely different when he relates to a young uh, uh, John and John, Jonathan and I was like, okay, that's really cool. Um, we get some nice gags with what uh, Batman keeps in his utility belt and uh, what's next to it and everything. And a nice little gag. Um, cut, you know, flash forward to years later. Um, Superboy, Superman actually is uh, Jonathan is like, oh, people have died on my watch. I don't know how to handle this. And he goes to this Fortress Solitude and talks to a computer AI of Clark and it's just not uh working for him. Um so like he's kind of lost. So one of uh Clark's uh robots goes to see Nightwing and said, "Hey, you know, I know you talked with Superman if uh Jonathan's ever in trouble that you will seek him out and help him." And he's like, "Yes, I, you know, I will. I got to go. I I have to find him and take care of this. I made a promise. And in this bit, there's a nice little cool thing where Nightwing's wearing uh, Batman pajama bottoms and Barbara's at the at the place and she's wearing a Teen Titans Go shirt, which made me kind of laugh. Um, while that's going on, there's a side story where maybe some superpowered things are offing ex-Titans. So uh, we'll see something about that as... Uh, uh, Dick hunts down uh, Jonathan and the truth because he's someone who's been funding it. And uh, he's like, Oh, well you've heard about the death. Let's go look into it. And it begins their quest to like, you know, uh, be detectives. And it's kind of cool to see how the two of them go about things in uh, a slightly different way because, you know, they're both trained differently in Nightwing's obviously the, the far superior detective and he's giving them uh you know, uh, tidbits and everything like that. This is really fun because this, like I said, is more human uh, than, you know, a superhero book has the right to be. Um, obviously, because I read both Superman, Son of Kal-El and Nightwing, this is a nice, you know, uh, dip into both books. So I'm, I have no problem going from one to the other. Uh, Bruno Redondo's art is always, always, always beautiful. So uh, I don't know how many times I could say it. I really like uh, Tom Taylor's both Superman and Nightwing, Joe. For sure. Uh, my only lament is is when these are getting stored in the long boxes. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I'm gonna have to put like the notes on them that says like to be continued here and to be continued there. You know? Yeah, no, I get what you mean. I ain't buying two copies. That's a that's a different person who lives way over there. <laughs> I buy for certain things. I will buy two copies, but this isn't one of them because uh, I do my my storing differently. I just might end up when I'm when Tom Taylor leaves Nightwing and Superman Son of Kal El, they'll just both go in the same short box. Mm-hmm. And I want to just mention this uh, uh, from this issue, of course. Now. 
I'm I'm torn when it comes to Batman, right? You know, obviously everyone wants Batman to be this super dark and grim and gritty character. Right. Um but these days, you know, the Superman that we have is that and I do like a little humor in my Superman books. Um or my Batman books rather, That's and right. I'd rather the the humor not come from Batman himself. Uh, the only time that I'll allow it was in the uh, formerly known as the Justice League mm-hmm. miniseries, uh, where Batman got to make a joke in there. That's the only place I'll allow it. Right. But I like when other characters that have that relationship with Batman can kind of rib on him right to his face. Mm-hmm. And that's the sort of like Batman can be the butt of the joke only if it's by like, you know, Superman or Dick Grayson. Yeah, like, you can't punch up on Batman. Yeah. You can't be, like, changeling trying to get one over on Batman. It's like Superman or, like, Nightwing, because Nightwing is, you know... They have a different relationship. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tight relationship. You know, Damien, blah, 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 any of those, especially when Alfred was alive. Like, Alfred could give Bruce the business like nobody, you know what I mean? Right, but so Bruce would always (laughs) no-sell. Right. Alfred, that was their relationship. Like Alfred was just nonstop, like just dunking on him to his face. Mm-hmm. Um, because but that's like the more father-son relationship that they have, not unlike the father-son relationship that Bruce and Dick have. But like in this issue, there's the bit at the beginning where they're Superman and Dick are both given Bruce a hard time that in his utility belt he keeps the his smoke bombs. Right in the pa- in the pocket, right next to the lollipops that he has to help like troubled children and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were just ribbing him like, one day you're gonna give a kid like a face full of smoke instead of a delicious treat. Right, and another day you might try to disappear from the Joker <laughs> and throw a lollipop at the floor. Right, and they were just relentless. And for the most part, Batman's no selling it. And then they kind of leave, and he's just like, I have to move those pockets. You but know what you I mean? Know- and it's almost like Batman's oblivious because that's not on his radar. Right. It's not like he did it and it's like, you know what? And he's like, it's not so much that they ribbed him. It's the fact that they made a good point. Yes. Like, he's like, that's logical. I might want to take care of that. So. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm I'm all for that sort of humor being implemented. Uh, like I said, making Batman look the fool sometimes. Not all the time, uh, but this was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed this crossover. I'm looking forward to the next part, and I'm glad I'm up to date on both these books, you know? Yeah, well, you did get to read a lot this weekend. I did. I did. Um, and I'll have more to read because that's what we read this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, Todd and I attempt to guess what the others are most looking forward to coming out this week. Um or, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, again, my mind is still. Uh, so every Tuesday we put up the poll post hmm. uh, noon Eastern time. It's a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books uh, before war and before arm. No, it's coming out. Don't expect the JLA Avengers trade. You ain't getting one. Hmm. Uh, I mentioned Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, Todd is in the lead currently with uh, two correct guesses over me. And uh, because we did flip-flop things this week to uh, give my voice a little bit of a reprieve, uh, I guess you go first, right? 
Right. Um, so I'm looking over your list, and there's a lot of good stuff on your list. Could it be Devil's Reign Villains for Hire number two? Don't answer that. That's not my answer. Um, Department of Truth, Black Hammer Reborn number nine. I know you've read all eight before that. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, there, there, Joe. And I'm is the book you're looking forward to, Saga Fifty Six. Uh, yeah. So okay. now that this is back, of course, uh, this would be the big book that I'm most looking forward to coming out this week. And uh, in once a month, at least, we'll have this nice layup week. As I feel as though this is also the book that you're most looking forward to coming out this week as well. Are you going to believe me if I say no? <sighs> I'm going to have no choice. I, I, it, it is close. It is close. But the book I'm looking forward to most is Human Target number five. And wow, it, it will probably be that way. I'm going to defend this so you don't think I'm just pulling one over on you. Uh huh. Um. I read Saga last week. Saga came back, but it didn't come back, if you will. It was it was good. I liked it. It wasn't like I, I had to relearn Saga because I was having this discussion at the shop with uh, Tom. And I said, but, but, man, I'm going to tell you, when I read Human Target number four, that Blue Beetle with that ice and uh, Human Target stuff and Smallwood's art, that's in my wheelhouse. I'm like... Saga's going to have 40 issues after uh, Human Target ends, but right now, until Tom King messes it up, I am living in my glory in the Justice League International heyday. Fair enough. Okay. I just, I had a feeling. I was like, I want to write this one down in an envelope and give it to Joe before I make my pick. Oh, I, be- I believe you, Todd. It's not my year already. It's starting off hot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. So speaking of not my year, <laughs> uh, the results are in for uh, this week's Silver Standard, the be- the second best rogues gallery in all of comics. And uh, we did both give it a little bit of a boosteroo on Monday uh, just to see how things were looking. And uh, still, uh, somehow Killer Moth uh, was able to win over Lady Octopus, which, again, I wholeheartedly disagree with. Um, but again, we're leaving it up to you, the listeners to vote on these sort of things. And, you know, when we get to a, a a tournament full of Batman villains, we're still going to see it to its bitter end. (laughs) Uh, but I will definitely concede at that point. You know, I will say this on the, uh, the Twitter poll, I was, uh, killer moth was on, at least the way I looked at it was winning by one when you boosted it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this could go badly for me because I was like, oh, he boosted it. If I was your other co-host, I would say there was collusion in this, whatever. Uh But I was like, okay. So, and then Killer Moth was losing by a couple of votes. And I'm like, oh man, like what a day to go. I know how these posts kind of go. There's not much action after like the, like the Monday or whatever. I was like, Joe reposted it. And then I reposted it. I was like, so I'm losing now. I'm, I'm I can, and I'm like, I'm almost concede this one. And then I looked, I didn't look at it again today. And it was like a bunch of votes. I'm like, yay, Joe for reposting it and boosting it. And listen, I'm going to, I'm still going to, you know, probably every Monday I'm going to give it a push, just one last push just to get it out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm going to let the fates decide. And if (laughs) I'm proven 
to be wrong, then, you know, I'll, I'm a gracious loser, if nothing else, you know? See, I don't think it's laryngitis. I think you know you're going to lose this and your voice is starting to crack, Joe. <laughs> but anyway. No, no, goodness, no. So we got uh, the next lineup in our first round things. And uh, Todd, I'm going to go first. Okay. Okay. Because I don't need a lot of time. Uh, like one of our other villains. And again, this is just the way that things lay. Uh, listener of the show, Grinch McScrooge is the one who kind of put the bracketing together. We just input who we wanted to and let them kind of let the pairings fall where they may. And uh, my next pick is Judas Traveler. Okay. Judas Traveler, he of ill-defined powers. He was the original linchpin of the catalyst before it really went off the rails of the clone saga. When a lot of people think the clone saga, maybe you think the Jackal, maybe you think Ben Riley, maybe you think Kane, maybe you think Peter Parker backhanded Mary Jane. <laughs> but I think the worst thing about the clone saga is Judas Traveler. The lamest of the lame. They make him this super cool looking guy. Uh, he's essentially Cable with long hair and a Fu Manchu mustache. With a group of like ill-defined followers. And his powers are anything he wants. Until they're like, oh crap, we painted ourselves into a corner. How do we get out of this? Uh, I guess he was a mutant and he had mind powers and made people just believe he could see what was going on. We don't know. He never gets brought up again. Right. He is the a number one failure. Worst thing about the clone saga. So therefore he is one of the worst Spider-Man villains of all time. I will say this. One of the worst things about the spider clone saga was all of it um <laughs> so i don't know where judas traveler ranks on there but uh that's an interesting power set would you like to hear who i've chosen joe i absolutely would okay i've chosen tweedledee and tweedledum the the gruesome twosome joe i don't know if you know this their oh, names frank are frank and charlie yeah yes <laughs> their names are dumb free tweed and Deaver Tweed. That way, you know, Tweedledee for Deaver and Dumfrey is Tweedledum. That, isn't that so cool? Um, so yeah, like they're not even like in the history of rogues, like they're they had to be shoehorned into like other people's uh, you know, gangs. It was like, oh, like Tweedledee and Tweedledum can't uh get get by on their own let's give them let's like put them with the mad hatter and they weren't they didn't come out together so it wasn't like oh like we're just gonna do this and you know it, it works naturally it was just like ah what are we doing well, we got a mad hatter at like themed characters so let's just use that um and then joe i don't know if you know this they weren't identical twins no no they were cousins who resemble each other so closely they are often mistaken for identical twins yes yes it's the it's the patty duke show <laughs> basically gimmick that they have and then one of them gets killed so their so their brother 
Dumpson Tweed takes over, which is uh, uh, Dumfries' uh, twin brother. So, like, I don't know why they weren't just twin brothers from the beginning. And the whole Tweedledee, Tweedledum thing uh, still works, apparently. And then, uh, to make things better, I know your Judas Traveler has such wonderful powers, but this, according to Wikipedia, the the most trusted source in Rogue's Gallery powers, um, this is what it has officially under powers and ability. Tweedledum and Tweedledee officially have no superpowers, but their fat bodies enable them to bounce and roll as they please. Yes, Tweedledee and Tweedledum can roll at Batman. When your powers can be stopped by someone just going uphill, that's pretty lame, Joe. So yeah, I'm going to go with Tweedledee and Tweedledum are way worse than Judas Traveler. Uh, I would say... The fact that it takes two of them to even compare to the lameness of Judas Traveler just goes to show how redeemable they are. Uh, they're good sidekicks. They're good uh, cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's expecting them to lead a story by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, if I remember correctly, they may have been used as like with a grim and gritty take uh, in the lead up to uh, Nightfall. I wouldn't know. I only know the fat rolling around Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Um, I would just like to say this one last bit as if all that wasn't bad enough, Joe, um, do you have the dump button or the beep? Because I'm going to use a a dirty word here. Um, When they were brought into Gotham, the writers decide to make Tweedledee and Tweedledum wrestlers. You can bleep that out if you want, Joe. So nothing gets more pathetic than that than Tweedledee and Tweedledum were masked wrestlers on Gotham. Oh, the Gotham TV show? Yes. <laughs> the Gotham TV show. It was like, hey, uh, let's let's make the oh God, it hurts my soul to even think about wrestling. So I'll just say them, Magpie, all these really cool villains that are <laughs> hot enough to make the transition transition to the silver screen. I defy you, Todd, to see any media person uh, uh, appearances other than comic books and ignored of Judas Traveler. Judas Traveler is going to be in the next uh, Spider-Verse movie. He's the main villain. Oh, my goodness. If that happens, I'll come back right on the show and I'll eat my John Cena hat live on it. Live on air. Right. And your voice will crack yet again. Yeah. Ah. So the uh, voting will be up uh, for a week. I'll give you the boost as a reminder on Monday, and then uh, we'll go from there. Right. Uh, So while you're over at longboxheroes.com, checking that out, uh, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done together, past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark. Uh, Go check out our store where we got shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. Head over to our T Public store. The 35% off sale starts as you're listening to this and runs to Sunday. And that's 35% off uh, designs inspired by this show, After Dark, uh, Hit My Music, At Odds with Wrestling, uh, Final Wrestling Place, amongst others. Uh, you could sign up for our Patreon, uh, $5 a month, a dollar a month, anywhere in between is going to get you those two bonus shows. Uh, previewing the past, looking at 30 years ago this month's previews catalog. We put all the scans of all the books coming up uh, in about two weeks. The biggie. 
<laughs> the the white whale of them, if you will. March 1992 is going up. That's right. Isn't that the third or fourth definitive appearance of uh, <laughs> the third or fourth first definitive appearance of Spawn, right? It's definitely the top ten of first appearances of Spawn, yes. Yes. Um, but, of course, then we're doing uh, the films of Mark Pirro, uh, <laughs> the genius behind a Polish werewolf in or Polish vampire in Burbank. Uh, we're just coming off Curse of the Queer Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, again, definitely a movie of its time. Did a little bit of history research on that. Uh, not to excuse, but to at least shed some light on some of the in, uh, takes in that film, of course. And the $5 level is going to get you those bonus shows two weeks before everyone else. And it's going to get you uh, After Dark two days before everyone else. So you can listen to the shows in the correct listening order. You can also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through the Amazon click-through at the top of the page at longboxheroes.com. Does not cost you anything extra. Uh, they, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it a thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Uh, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include uh, somebody purchased Heat and Bond Ultra Hold Iron On Adhesive. Uh, three and an eighth inch thick, 10 yards worth. Ooh, the whole 10 yards. When I initially saw this, I thought this was that head on. Remember head on the headache uh, ointment thing? Oh, yeah. I could that use you that. you apply directly to your head? Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody purchased the Kindle edition of How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's by, uh, that's quite a haul there by Dale Carnegie. It's a Carnegie haul, Joe. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Uh, Somebody also purchased uh, Funko Pops of Denver Nugget players, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. And that definitely does not sound like someone who's going through a Funko purge. (laughs) Well, you never know. Right. And uh, somebody also purchased Calculated Industries AccuMaster Duo Pro Pin and Pinless moisture meter detects hidden leaks and moisture mm, i need one of those for my underwear oh boy enough <laughs> i got to beep that out now too right. uh thanks to anyone and everyone who's purchased anything through the amazon click through we greatly appreciate it i'm not going to give you the keeps the lights on at the end of the you know whatever we pay for that every three years and that's a, another pulling teeth issue but we do appreciate it. Uh, you know, whether they made a purchase this week, this month, this year, whenever, we thank you. Yep. Uh, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? No, but we have a question. So I guess it's a mailbag-oriented uh, uh, Todd's art attack um, from, let me just see how my Twitter is acting up, from Sauced and Found, um, longtime listener, sometime tweeter, looking for advice, been eyeing a comic art page on comic art fans for a while now, but I've never purchased art before, says it's from the artist himself, is that a good, reliable source, or should I do more digging? Um, From the artist is always good, because usually you know if the artist has, you know, that piece of art, would know if he has that piece of artwork or not, it's not some guy who's like, oh, I'm an, I'm a, uh, a collector and I have it, you know, he could be lying, whatever. Um, so from there, that's a, that's a bonus, 
but not every artist is, you know, reliable in shipping and, and getting stuff. So they could be flaky. I would look into um, who this artist is, like, see, uh, it, you know, if you can find out any from information about people who have done business dealings with them before, um, maybe you might even want to like DM me and give me the name. I might know like something about like how reliable he is because I'm in art groups and stuff like that. Um, so it's really touch and go. You should always do when it comes to art that you're not buying anything that has a fallback plan. Like eBay has, you know, a, a buyer protection. You're, you're, you know, you're going to do goods and services with somebody like more digging is always the answer. Don't just go, Oh, there's something on a random comic art fan site, which is a site. If you don't know, um, is where people put up their collections. My collection's up there. I know DJ has his collection up there. Other people sell through there. But uh, comic art fans will not, you know, guarantee any sale. They don't back it. They're like, whatever you do on here, this is the wild, wild west. We have nothing to do with it. So my thing is always do uh, more digging. Um, I don't know, Joe, can you think of any questions that you would have for me that I would need to answer for something like this? Yeah, so obviously this is more of a Todd thing. I'm uh, not a art purchasing type of person. Mm-hmm. The one piece of art that I purchased, I did it directly through the artists themselves. I took the shot, I took the hit, I took the risk, and it paid off. Um, I'm assuming if they're a relatively big name artist, mm-hmm. um, very rarely are they going to rip you off. Um. I would definitely check their social media presence um, across as many platforms as you can. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, what have you. Um, I, If Todd mentioned it, buying through the artist, one thing. But also, if they have an art rep that handles them and a bunch of other folks, yep. sometimes that might be better because the art rep might be a better person to handle the business side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's digital, it's online, cyberspace, whatever. But you never want to see your idol make change for a 20 in front of you. <laughs> it's always nice to have a middleman there. Um, you know, maybe the artist has a deadline or whatever, and they just don't get back to you. That art rep is going to help get back to you, give you a heads up, keep you in the loop on stuff. And always check reviews, always check other people's experience with said artist, uh, said art rap. And yep. uh, when it so, and this is the only other thing that I'll mention is I'm a big make offer guy, right? Go on eBay, Mercari, you buy anything like that. If the make offer button's there, you hit that make offer button, right? Mm-hmm. That thing ain't, you know, that thing's going to be there a day from now. It's going to be there two days from now. It's going to be there three days from now, maybe. Make an offer. Maybe you might save yourself five bucks. But when you're dealing with original art there, especially if it's someone who's been doing it for a while, pretty much the price they're asking is the price you're going to pay. Yeah. I was worried where you were going there, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh, is he going to say make make an offer? Because usually, especially if it's from the artist, they know what they have. And just because this person said, uh, you know, uh, never purchased art before, he's never bought anything off. Like I've had artists I've bought multiple pieces off of, 
not the one you're thinking of, other artists, Joe. Um, and sure. th- that's when you'll get the deal. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they don't go right out of the gate. They're like, oh, new new customer, I may never see you again, blah, blah, blah. Now, granted, you could go the other route and say, oh, somebody should, like, maybe give you a bit of a deal and maybe you'll come back. But usually, a lot of times, like, with art, unless you're an absolute, like, Uber fan, um, like, that will be, like, what you want. That'll fill, that'll, you know, uh, ch- check that box, if you will. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not big on making offers. If it's somebody you like, you'll buy multiple pieces. You'll get to know them by multiple pieces, and there will be dis- a good brother discount after a while. Hopefully, that's never guaranteed. Never guaranteed. But, you know, maybe something can happen. But, uh, yeah, like I said, like, do, do your due diligence. Because... I never want to say bad things about artists, but they, I do say this, that they have an artistic mind, hence they're artists and artistic people usually, I don't know if this is going to stereotype are like usually are bad on the business end of things. And they, that's what the rep, like you said, is, is definitely helpful for. So like a lot of guys, I'm not saying they're out to get you. They just get off track and you don't get your stuff for years. You know what I mean? So uh, like I said, if you do actually want to hit me up, um, let me know who the artist is. If it's somebody I've never heard of, I'm not going to be helping. But if it's somebody who's published, maybe I can give you like anything that I know about them. Right. Or even maybe still it might be like, you know, a guy who knows a guy. Right. Or I'll I'll look around in those Facebook groups that I'm in. So, yeah, yeah. Like, Todd's, Todd's and, in a bunch of uh, secret art boy collector groups soon to be getting into the toy boy collector groups. If you listen to After Dark this week. Yes. And also I'm in a buyer beware art group, which is a great art book, uh, art group for uh, art collectors. They're literally like, but those more along the lines go into the world of like getting commissions. Cause I don't know if you'd know this, Joe, sometimes you'll order something from an artist to be drawn and it may take you a while to get it. Um, But uh, that's a lot there, but like shipping is uh, on pre-done published pieces can be a problem too. So, right. All right. Well, hopefully that answers your question. And Todd said his DMs are open. So ask away, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that's it outside of uh, the season finale of uh, Peacemaker, huh? Yeah, that's that way. And we go. I'm not going to give a spoiler warning. If you've made it this far, you know what we're talking about. You know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I OK to let you lead on this one? Sure. Um, since, you know, everything's gone sideways from last uh, episode, the group has decided to take upon themselves to take down uh, the cow. Um, so they are heading up to the farm that they believe, you know, has it. They've tracked it back through uh, using the trucks that it, that were shipping out of there. They backtracked it. And they're like, okay, let's go. And they end up uh, uh, along the way at a bio, tries to apologize to Peacemaker, and he wants none of it. Um, so they get there and they're like, well, why don't we just have the, you know, call your mom at a bio, you know, Amanda Waller, and she can help get the Justice League, whatever. She's like, call her, uh, the Justice League's busy. Um, we don't know when they're going to get here, but it's time sensitive because they have teleportation equipment, um, that can send the cow away. If we lose it, we'll never see it again. Start from square one. So we're going to do it. So they come up like with all these different plans that they're going to, they're going to use. And they come up with uh, the one 
they because they have a few helmets there. They're like, oh, we have the well, scabies before helmet. You get, before you get to the helmets, you have the bit with uh, John Cena, Vigilante, and Adebayo in the back of the uh, van. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Vigilante ranks his friends as John Cena is his first best friend, Eagle is his second best friend, and Adebayo is his fifth best friend. Right. Yes. So that just makes me wonder, uh, you know, who's third and fourth on the list, if it is the other members of the crew or if it's somebody else that we haven't even met. Right. True. Um, So they go up and they're like, okay, well, we have a couple of helmets that we can choose from. We have the scabies helmet and they're like scabies. It gives you everybody within 100 meters or whatever scabies like that's right. We have the levitation helmet. They're like, oh, it'll make you fly. He's like, no, it'll just make me go up and down, but I use a little fan to move me around. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So he goes, and we have the the sonic boom helmet. And he's like, uh, she's like, okay, well, he's like, we can get the sonic boom over the thing and destroy the, the barn or whatever. Put the walkie-talkie it. in it. Yep. Yeah, say S- sonic boom because they're all voice activated. And yep. then, of course, there's the human uh, the human target one, too, or the human, uh, torpedo. human torpedo one. Right, but they're gonna use the uh, levitation helmet, and Adobio accidentally activates it, so it goes away. Um, so they're like, "Oh, well, we'll just send Eagly over with the sonic boom helmet, drop it, and then we'll set it off." So like, it's not gonna work. He's not gonna listen. So Eagly takes off, heads straight for the barn, then swoops into the forest and drops it. So they have to spend time finding it um, during this. Uh, we find out that uh, Peacemaker is having visions of the ghost of his father, like, or is haunted by the, you know, the thoughts of his father, um, who's just uh, belittling him and is like, oh, you're never going to get rid of me, kid. And uh, which I think is kind of cool because in the comic, I didn't want to say anything as this was going on in the 80s comic. That's how it was. He was haunted by the the, the thoughts of his father, whether he was crazy or not. Um because his father was a concentration camp. He ran a concentration camp. So uh, in this, it kind of like, it's like they're doing a different version of it. I like it. But in the comic too, they kind of had it. So you weren't sure if he was crazy or not, if he was actually haunted. And his helmet had a, everybody who he killed, which is a way they didn't go. Um, so they had to find. We also get a little bit more of Peacemaker discussing about all the uh, dirt that he has on the superheroes. Oh, uh, yeah. Most specifically, that green arrow is a brony. True. Uh, a little bit more into that, but we can't get into that on the show because we're <laughs> yeah. not that show. Yep. Uh, but I, I pop big for that. Nothing wrong with being a brony, a furry, juggalo. These are all good things. Mm-hmm. But it was just funny how that was handled, is all. No problem. So they end up, uh, they're like, okay, so somebody has to go. They find the helmet and they go, oh, somebody has to go in and carry the helmet in there. So they choose uh, Economos. He's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And they're like, no, just do it. You know, act, you know, like all, you know, possessed and everything. So he takes the, he takes the, the in a bag towards the barn and he gets stopped by one of the cops. And well, the, before what? he gets there, what? they have to get him one of the security outfits to wear. And uh, John Cena goes and kills one of the security guards and brings yep. him back the outfit to wear. And the outfit's wet uh, because one of the things that you don't talk about very much is when you kill someone, they evacuate. Yes. And then there's discussion of what type of evacuation there is. Mm-hmm. 
and why the clothes are wet, which is a great bit as well. Right. Um, so he puts on, he's like, I don't want to put the diarrhea pants on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. So he takes it and he's walking it over in the bag and he gets stopped by the, the, the one cop. And he's like, where are you taking that bag? And he's like, over there. And he's like, okay. Which I thought was a nice little bit. And then the cop asks, he's like, why did your human do that to the beard? And he's like, do what? Like diet badly. And Economos basically goes into the soliloquy about how his life is terrible and he's lonely and he wanted to be cool. So he, ch- he, he dyes his beard, but he uses the cheap dye and he never really thought about it. So he didn't think anybody would notice, but somebody did notice and they cut back to Peacemaker and they're all staring at him. And like, we get this really like, like this whole time Economos has been a punching bag and it's been funny but it's been absolutely like we see the toll and the humiliation on it. And even the, you know, the, the butterfly who's taking over this cop who wants to like, you know, rule the, you know, the people is kind of like humans can be terrible. And I'm like, this is such a great scene, such a great scene. Poor Economos. I, I, not only is it a great scene, I feel seen Joe. So, um, <laughs> So, yeah, so he ends up going into the barn afterwards, goes down. He's supposed to take the the helmet all the way down, but he gets only so far down. He's like, nope. And he goes back up and starts leaving, gets found out by the butterflies, starts running. So the group has to go in and save him. And they start playing, what is it, uh, Do You Want to Taste It by Wigwam? again in a different way and they go in and they do all the cool James Gunn kills and like, you know, all this stuff. And they're basically like, you have to go. Um, oh, and they set off, they do set off the sonic boom, right? Right. Right. So they set off the, sonic, had, boom. the sonic boom has what? Three charges. It says that it has. So they set right, off they two said, of the three. Right. It says that it has three or four. They get a couple off and they're like, we don't think it killed it. You have to go do it. So he ends up, you know, running off. Uh, hardcore gets shot and she's going to be possessed by a butterfly. She's almost going to get butterflied. Yep. And so Adebayo comes running in and is going to save the day, you know, and she does this cool thing and she's, uh, you know, cause she's Amanda Waller's child ends up tearing stuff up, ends up saving hardcore. And then, uh, uh, Economos shows up with the other helmet because she's got to go help uh, Peacemaker, who's gone down to the thing, and ends up falling through all the rafters and the dirt and everything and gets buried. But he gets saved, and you think it's by Adebayo who's going to help him, but it's by the female cop, and she ends up beating the the ever-living heck out of him and then ends up explaining, we're not trying to kill you people, we're, we saw what you did. Our planet died. We come to this one. We want to help, but the only way to help is take you over because you guys aren't going to do it yourself. And we know what kind of man you are. Will you help us? There's me and the other cop. We need three people to teleport it. Um, will you do it? And he just ends up, uh, you know, starting to, to, to kill people again. And right, uh, it's not to interrupt, but uh, Sophie, the cop, uh, the butterfly that she has is Goth, the one that yes. John Cena had saved and was feeding 
and they were trying to communicate two episodes ago um, before they got bum-rushed by the police and everything, and now this is Goff's pitch for John Cena to kind of join up with them. Yes. It's like, I know you have it in you, and he's like, nope. And he ends up, like, you know, trying to destroy the uh, the teleportation stuff and everything. And he get you know, uh, Goff gets the upper hand on him. And Adebayo shows up and is, like, yells, human torpedo. And things do not go well. Um, and she knocks herself out. So uh, when she does wake up, uh, he's like, no, I'm not going to do this. And Peacemaker sets off the... Uh, the human torpedo helmet and it bio goes through the, the cow killing it, you know, collapsing everything. They kill Sophie. Uh, they run out of the, uh, the, uh, the, where the cow was, it all collapses on them. Peacemaker ends up picking up hardcore because she's been hurt and he starts walking out. And when that happens, the best scene in the entire run of Peacemaker, the Justice League, minus Cyborg and Batman, show up to save the day. He basically tells them he's late, uh, belittles Aquaman and maybe Flash ribs Aquaman about it um, in a great scene, which personally I'm going to go out on a limb and do something we don't do negatively on the show too much. I'm so happy that this scene aggravated the true, true, worst of the worst of the Snyder fans. Absolutely loved it. Um, well, do you want to talk about some of the controversy with this here, or do you want to wait till we're done wrapping up everything? Uh, I figure we'll just wait until, and because uh, we'll just run through it really quick. Sure. Um, because Vigilante got busted up. Uh, so they take Vigilante and Harcourt back to the hospital and they end up, uh, you know, helping them out, treating them, whatever. Um, and Adebayo basically goes and outs Suicide Squad and, uh, like outs her mother as everything that she's doing. So Amanda Waller's like, I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, Vigilante kind of leaves out the window after he's kind of cured. Hardcore is sitting with uh, Peacemaker and Peacemaker, you know, holds her hand kind of in a touching moment. And then at the end of it, Peacemaker goes home to his trailer with Eagly and he ends up having an interest, like a little conversation with his father that his father's always going to be with him. is always going to haunt him. And the butterfly shows up a goth, the goth butterfly. And he ends up feeding the last of the nectar to it while eagerly is dropping, you know, presents in front of peacemaker end of episode, unless I miss something else. Nope. Now the only other thing I, and again, if you said it, I apologize. Um, the reason John Cena peacemaker says that he's not going to join up with Goff mm -hmm. is even though his whole thing is peace at any cost. He knew that if he joined up with Goff, Goff would make him kill the rest of the crew. Right. Yep. You're right. I'm sorry. I missed that. Yeah. And, and that also, is like a, a huge moment of personal growth in this series for Peacemaker. Like so many of these char characters get these huge moments of personal growth, whether it be Economos finally admitting that he dyes his beard and why um, Adebayo kind of standing up for herself to, you know, the rest of the crew, of course, but also to her mother as well. Um, you know, and obviously some not as emotionally whatever, but 
hardcore showing that she could kind of hang uh, in the fighting sense of things. Um, and out of bio goes back to her wife. Right. And goes back to her wife and everything else and kind of, at least for now, gives up this and, life. And Peacemaker says in the moment that, you know, it's like poetry because it rhymes, tells, don't tell vigilante, but my best friends go eagerly than you, Adebayo. Yes. Forgiving and that was such for, a great moment. Right. Forgiving her for, uh, you know, uh, that and Adebayo gets him off the hook with, she said the diary was planted. So he's not, you know, under arrest and everything. So it's a nice kind of tidy, like with open endings. You know what I mean? Like not too many open endings where you have all these unanswered questions. Like we've wrapped up kind of the big story. We have a couple of hanging threads. Let's go into season two. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, and so that's the thing is going into this, I was wondering if they were going to kill anyone off. Right. Right. And we did have the bit of a, and again, I don't want to say fake out, but you know, uh, hardcore almost gets butterflied. And then, like, she gets, like, part of her face blown off. Like, and I say blown off, right? But she's got, yeah. like, bullets she's, in her face, right? She's hideous now, yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Um, But then I'm thinking to myself, and obviously, I, I tried to watch this as early as I can to avoid any spoilers and anything. And almost, like, right as I was getting done watching it was when all the stuff came out about it getting renewed for a second season, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think if I saw before the last episode that it got renewed for a second season, I'd be like, okay, they're not killing anybody off. Right. But the fact that like, I didn't know yet, there was like a little bit of a question. I'm like, I wonder if someone's going to get killed off. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, though, uh, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't know if they would, because they've already whacked Mern. You know what I mean? Right. So I was, I, I was with, I was up in the air, but. I get what you're saying about the renewal kind of like, yeah, they don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to leave any characters. Like, let's go into this with everything we got. So, but I guess that leaves the cameos. Yes. So the cameos of the justice league, right. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of, uh, question and concern and issues with all of this. Um, obviously it was, um, I think uh, James Gunn did an interview with Variety and some of the extra talent that were stand-ins on this also came out publicly to discuss this. So originally it was filmed intended to be the entirety of the Justice League there. Right. But from, and the, oh, go ahead. I was saying, from what I heard, it was originally only supposed to be Aquaman. Right. So originally it was just supposed to be Aquaman. James Gunn in the Variety uh, piece mentioned that he had went to Jason Momoa, pitched the joke, and uh, it's a joke from all the way back in episode one, and then we get the payoff to it here. Um, Jason Momoa thought it was great, said, I'll do it, and then apparently got mentioned to Ezra Miller, and Ezra Miller's like, oh, I'll do something with it too, right? Mm -hmm. And apparently when they filmed this, the Marvel people filmed this for the show. Uh, because I guess the DC people had to film something for Gardens of the Galaxy, I guess. Right. So, I, so this, this is, is a better like, cro- this is a better help than the two JLA Avenger teams. So you know. Yes. Um. So then it ends up being the whole Justice League is going to be there, but only actors of Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller are going to be there. Everyone else is kind of just going to be in shadow of you know you're going to get the idea. 
But with the final product, we get no Cyborg and we get no Batman. James Gunn said that, you know, obviously I would have just been happy with Aquaman. We got Flash that worked. We got the full Justice League. And he said that it wasn't his final decision not to have Batman and Cyborg there. Um, he can't really say, but he just, he as he understood it, that it, if they were there, that it would mess with other plans that they have for the characters. Right. He was like, I don't know how much I can say and I can't. Right. Um, My feelings on it are because definitely the Batman was there because they have the guy who was in the silhouette. Um, He ends up, you know, doing a selfie. He's like, hey, I was in the costume. And Jimmy Pistol retweeted or re-Instagrammed or whatever that picture. So we know Batman was there. Um, Of that, I can kind of maybe understand why they didn't want a bat. Ben Affleck looking Batman in this when they have a different Batman movie coming out in two weeks. And now granted that the universe is going to have like seven different Batmans by the end of like 2025, because you're going to have Ben Affleck. You have, you know, the new one in the Paulson and the Patterson in the Batman movie. Then there's uh, Michael Keaton's coming back. So whatever. But I'm like, all right, so close to the new Batman movie. Just let it lie. But that cyborg one, man, that has something to do with whatever happened with Ray Fisher. They don't even want to deal with Cyborg as a character right now. Yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with that Cyborg's occasionally in Doom Patrol either. You know, I'm not going to go that route, but. So. What do but you think? it was still a neat surprise, even if it was just, I think even if it was just Aquaman and Flash. Um, But, you know, once you start messing with the bigger characters and more of them, mm-hmm. you don't get to make those final says, unfortunately. No, no, you don't. And that's right. kind of the beauty of Peacemaker is that James Gunn got to do whatever he wanted because it was vigilante and you know what I mean? Like, so like when you do have those, it's like, yeah, you know, WB giveth and the WB taketh away. You know? And I kind of even forgot that vigilante was in Arrow maybe. Already? Yes, yes, he was. He was an arrow. And somebody did a side-by-side of how Vigilante looked in this uh, versus how he looked in Arrow. And obviously, you're looking CW budgets versus HBO Max budgets, you know? Right, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love the design on Vigilante. George Perez knocked it out of the park on that, man. <sighs> so, but anyway, we'll see, you know, where it goes from here. For sure. So um, obviously nothing, you know, season two has been announced. Nothing's been written. Nothing's been filmed. Uh, James Gunn, a.k.a. Jimmy Pistol, is pretty open, pretty honest on social media. So uh, any rumor and innuendo that you may hear or see or otherwise out there, go double cross check it on his social media because he'll. He'll tell you the truth and he'll shoot down any sort of uh, nonsense that's out there, right? Right. If he's not busy, you know, running around with his uh, fiance now. Right, exactly. Congratulations to them. Uh, he's still in the midst of Gardens of Galaxy 3 filming. And then he's got the Gardens of Galaxy Christmas special. And then he has to start writing Peacemaker season two before we even put like film in the camera, if you will. Right, and then who knows, in there he might have to do um, the Greasy Mechanic and Bib Fortuna Done Right Love Day special over on Disney+. Oh, that's Plus. true. That's, I, I think, think that's those are more Robert Rodriguez characters, I think, but I get you. 
Yeah, Favreau, if you will. Yeah, Favreau, Rodriguez did a bunch of the stuff for uh, Mandalorian, Boba Fett. So, <laughs> yes, I think James Gunn's got enough on his place, plate with the weird and quirky characters. Uh, but mm-hmm. if we get a major Domo anything crossover, I'm all for that as well. I know you are. Uh, so we got uh, Legends of Tomorrow returning this week. So we'll be talking about that next week. And then we got Legends of Tomorrow for about a month uh, until Moon Knight. But we do have uh, the Batman movie coming out next week as well. Right. But you're saying for a month. I think we only have two episodes of Legends left. Oh, that's it? Only two? Oh, that's right. I think I saw the commercial tease in it. It said only two or three episodes left. Two. I'm I'm 99% sure that it's two episodes of the Legends of Tomorrow. When I, Im- when I watched Imdiba it. Imdiba could be spotty at best when it comes to this sort of thing. No, I'm with you, but I don't even, I, you know, either way, it's probably not even a month. Yep. I think you're right. Cause there's not even like a little button that you could click to go to next episode after two weeks from now. Right. Oh boy. So we're going to have a nice, uh, clean slate for a couple of weeks before moon Knight shows up. Right. Yep. It'll be nice to have a break. <laughs> what, what do you need a break for? You're just, you know, firing on all cylinders, Joe. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, everyone, thank you very much for listening. I always say thanks for bearing with us, but especially this week for bearing with me, the way that I sound, uh, you know, I'm taking my, uh, prednisone. Uh, I'm going to promise not to talk, uh, ever again until we record next week, not counting at odds with wrestling this week, no Patreon the show this weekend. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Uh, for Todd, this is Joe saying, Uh, closing on episode 595 of Longbox Heroes, and we'll see y'all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.